Everybody to Legacy United, a Righteous Project Inc. podcast. I'm your host, Billy Wayne, here with Venetia Lockett Brown, Dr. Venetia Lockett Brown, uh, with her PhD and MPH as well. And very special guest today. So I'm so happy that you made it today. Say hello to our guests real quick. What's up, everybody? How's it going? Yeah, so yeah, thank you so much. I know, you know, I just talked about this, but I, I appreciate you taking the time to to join us today to, to share your story. And um, basically what we do here is we share success stories, you know, uh, things that you had to go through, obstacles that, that you had to overcome to get to where you are today. Right. So that's what it's all about is sharing that 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 um, that information, share those stories with people that that can relate to you. You know, so, you know, there might be somebody that is in the same same situation or looking to do uh, things that you have accomplished and just want to hear it, you know, for somebody that that they, uh, you know, that they feel like they know. So um, what I'm going to do, I'm going to toss it your way. I'm going to have you start from from the beginning. So uh, go ahead and share uh, share with us your story. All right. So, again, thank you, Mr. Billy Wayne, for having me on your episode this evening or whenever. This will be broadcasted. It is truly a pleasure um, and an honor, an honor and a pleasure to be here with you virtually um, just to talk about my life. And it's especially an honor and I might get emotional because you're saying success story because I never really think about it like that. I just feel like, you know, I've been blessed to be here on this earth, you know, to share my gifts with those around me, you know, my family, my students, anyone who comes in to contact with me. And so thank you again for that. I really appreciate that uh, compliment. So let's talk about Dr. Venetia Lockett Brown. Let's talk about it. Um, And as you notice, I have two last names because we're going to dive into that tonight as well. Um, No, I'm not married, Mm -hmm. but I have two last names. Okay. Okay. I'll tell a Funny story about my life. Um, But again, I am Dr. Venetia Lockett Brown, hailing from Belgrade, Florida. Where is that? Um, It is a small city located about 35 miles west of West Palm Beach, Florida. Um, We are known for Mm, our agriculture. So we are an agricultural city, um, as well as we have a lot of athletes, a lot of pro athletes have been born and raised here in Belgrade, Florida, also known as Muck City. So special shout out to my Muck City family. Ah, yeah. <laughs> so I was born and raised yes, what's in Belgrade. And going back, yeah, we are known for agriculture, specifically sugar cane. Um, much of the, the sugar uh, that's produced and that we actually buy in the stores is actually made, produced right here. Um, mm-hmm. In Belgrade, Florida, and the surrounding um, areas around Lake Okeechobee. And if you want to know where that is, that's a little, if you look at the state of Florida on a map, there's a little circle there at the bottom, a large circle. That's Lake Okeechobee, and our communities are around the lake. So, a little bit of a geography lesson. Um, excuse me. No, so, good born and raised here. Born and raised here, and the house that I'm in right now was the house that I came home. When I came home from the hospital back in the 70s, I landed right here, and I've been here since that day. Now, I've moved around a lot, but home is here. Wow. So happy that our house is still standing one. We still have the same phone number that we had since I've been in the first grade. Yeah, that's what's up, yep. But we'll dive deeper into that, deeper into that. (laughs) That's what's up, yeah. more about me. I, um, my parents, uh, the late... Mr. and Mrs. Vance and Takeda Lockett Brown. Now, interesting story, they were teenage parents. Uh, My mom was 15 years old when Mm -hmm. she had me, and my dad was 17, fresh out of high school and ready to see the world. But oops, Mm. (laughs) had something else in store. Um, And it was very interesting. Um, And I I tell this story to people because I was born, I'm I'm proud of it, I'm 46 years old. Excuse me, allergies. I'm 46 years old, 
So I was born in 1977. And in the 70s, um, to be a teenage mom was very interesting. Um, back then, mm-hmm. my mom's high school, the uh, pregnant moms were separated from everybody else. So mm-hmm. uh, pregnant moms couldn't just walk around campus or eat lunch, you know, so it was real discriminatory, right? Because I guess they felt like if you saw pregnant women walking around the school, maybe you'll get pregnant also. I guess that was the philosophy. Um, Mm, So, but here's another interesting point. My father was the pastor of my church. (laughs) He was the pastor's son. So can you imagine um, being a teenage mom who's pregnant from the pastor's son whose stepmom is also a teacher at your high school. So it was like, whoa, what's going on, right? Wow, Um, yeah, (laughs) yeah. We had a lot going on. So at any rate, um, yeah, my parents, (laughs) uh, high schoolers, (laughs) uh, my dad going off to find himself because, you know, being 17 and a dad was just not, you know, on his resume (laughs) at the Mm -hmm. time. Um, But it's very interesting because my other set of grandparents, they were the pastor and the co-pastor of my church. And then you had my maternal grandparents, who I primarily grew up with and who primarily raised me, who were here. But they became really good friends because at this point, maybe some years before that, my grandparents started attending that church. But that's not really where my parents met. They met in high school. Oh, wow. Um, Okay. But they started going to this church. Yeah, okay. And then, you know, my grandma, my granddad, they were they were just like, yo, like, you're what? Because my mom hit it. And she was an excellent swimmer. And mm. uh, one occasion, she was yeah, in her wow, lifeguard okay. exam. And she was in the pool, and she threw up all over the pool. And they're like, what is going on? Oh, um, man. She threw okay. up because she was pregnant. Hey, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> There you go. Um, so at any rate, they became friends. And my yeah. grandmother was extremely, she was frustrated because she didn't know how to navigate this unique situation. I have a teenager who is pregnant. Yeah. Right. But what's interesting is my grandmother was a teenager right. who was pregnant. She had her first child at 16 from my yeah, grandfather, wow. who was mm-hmm. like two years older. Mm. They were married. Yep, yep. They got married when she was 16. He was 18. So it was just like, oh, okay. Right, 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 right. Right? Yeah. So she didn't know how to navigate that situation. Yep. Um, abortion was not an option. I come from a very religious um, family. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that wasn't an option. So she went to my other right. grandmother, who was the co-pastor of my church, and she was just like, I don't know what to do. You know, she's pregnant. Oh, my God. It's so embarrassing. Yeah. Doing. Right? Um, and so my grandmother, they sat, they prayed. And she was like, we're not going to do anything. We're going to support her. We're going to make sure that she has everything that she needs to ensure a healthy pregnancy and that this child knows that she's loved and and that she has a village, right? And so my grandmother said immediately she got up and, you know, my mom was doing a lot of, you know, things that 15-year-olds did, right? She was snacking junk food, sleeping. Mm-hmm, uh, yep. She was just doing her thing. I mean, yeah. she was in the band. She was a drummer. Mm-hmm. Um, so my grandmother got up. Yeah. You know, she's like, hey, oh, okay. we're going to eat breakfast. Yep. We're going to eat lunch. We're going to eat dinner. We're going to throw away all these potato chips. You know, we're going to you're gonna mm. do what she needs to do to have a successful pregnancy. Mm. And so that's what she did. Um, my grandmothers ended up becoming, both grandparents, wow. both sets, ended up becoming very, very good friends. Yeah. Um. My mom was, you know, wow. she was an honor roll student. Um, she was successful academically and she wanted to go to college. And she did tell my grandmother, you know, hey, I still want to go to school. Nice. I still want to do the things that high schoolers do, but I know I have this child. And my grandparents stepped in both mm-hmm. nuts and said, hey, if you're going to do what you need to do. We will support you. We will, you know, we will keep the baby and allow you and Vance to further your education. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy that they did. Uh, my parents are yeah, both yeah, graduates awesome. of the right. Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University, also called FAMU, located in Tallahassee, Great. Florida. So, 
Um, they went off to college. All right, um, nice. I stayed here. I would go back and forth with them. Uh, it was kind of interesting because I had like two moms. <laughs> you know, you got grandma who was young. Remember, yeah, my grandma yeah, was only right. like 35, right? Uh, when I was born, you got grandma and grandpa. Yeah, yeah. You know, the uh, custodial parents. I don't know what you call it, right? They were the main parents. Parents in college. Parents come home from college. Right, asserting right, yep. their their yep. authority. So me as a wow. kid, I'm like, I don't know who to listen to, right? <laughs> but I knew that I was loved. Yeah, you know, right. My parents, parents were very hardworking. My mom always kept a job. You know, I never went without. You know, I could go on, you know, yes, I was a wick baby. I was definitely stereotypical, no, mm-hmm. you know, I was a wick baby, but, you know, my mom worked, you yeah. know, she had, even though she was in college, you know, all of my right, outfits right. were ordered from the Sears catalog, right? I know I'm aging myself. And so they were laid out, you know, my yeah. hair would be braided when she came home, <laughs> boom, hairdo when she came back. So, you know, I... My mom, she was embarrassed by that. Uh, You know, growing up, she never really wanted to talk about the age gap. It really wasn't an age gap, right? The 15-year age difference between us. And I was like, well, Ma, you know what? I mean, it happened. What's up? Like, you think I turned out okay? Don't tell anybody. Especially when I turned 30. Didn't want anybody to know because she was just 45. Mm. And I'm like, girl, who cares? So, Oh, okay, um, okay. That's one yeah. part of the story. Yeah. Then circling back to my maternal grandfather, who I grew up in the house with, he also graduated from Florida A&M University. Mm-hmm. Um, his story was interesting wow, nice. because <laughs> his father was a part of the agriculture industry in the area. And he was like a boss. Um, okay. But he wasn't college yeah. educated or anything no. like that. But what he told, he had three children, three biological children that all graduated mm-hmm. from Florida A&M. Um, but at the time when my grandfather went to college, he already had a wife and he had one, two kids, a third one on the way and had the fourth one while yeah. he was a student. Right. And <laughs> that was a lot. Right. And so he wanted to quit. He was like, mm-hmm. I, this is, and I got a wife and I got to do all of this. And you know, kids right? are expensive. Yeah. And like, I don't want to go to school. Right, right. I could just work for you. And yep. my grand, my great grandfather, Mr. Tom Lockett, told him this. He was like, you know what? That's cool. You want to come back and you want to work out here in the field and you want to do this kind of stuff because you think that I'm making a lot of money, but I'm not. And he was like, but let me tell you something. If you right. don't go back to school, this is your life. You want to be more. My granddad was like a math yeah, whiz. Yeah. He could just do it here. You know, he hated when we counted on our fingers. He's mm-hmm. like, uh-uh, do it in your head. Nice. Um, and so he was like, this, <laughs> yeah. this will right. be your life. So either you go back and you, you know, you tough it out and you don't quit, you don't give up, or you're back out here, yeah. you know, picking cucumbers, um, grabbing corn, you know, driving trucks, right, for this whole agricultural business. Um, so he had to make a choice. And he was like, you know what? Yep. You know what? Maybe I'll go back to school. So he went back to school and finished. He finished college in three years. Good, good. Um, so he went back. He finished. Um, nice. Awesome. Undergrad in three years while having another kid. Because my Uncle Thomas was actually born at the University Hospital at Florida A&M. Um, had another kid. And you know, came back and he was a physical education teacher as well as a math teacher for over 35 years. He ended up getting two degrees, got a master's degree in education. Wow. All right. But he um, instilled in us, you know, that hard work and never giving up, Mm -hmm. you know, he instilled that in my, my mom, her sibling, you know, and me, because he didn't believe in like lying around and not doing anything. He gave us two rules. Either you work or you're in school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you're not going to just lay up in the house and like. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yep. Do nothing. Right. He was like, no way. And then, you know, yep. we'd be like, dad, you know, da, 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 da. we can't do this. And he'd tell us, you know, I graduated in three years. So what's your <laughs> excuse? God dang it. <laughs> you can't win. Right. Mm-hmm. You can't win that argument. So, <laughs> right? um, 
Yep. I'm very yep. appreciative of of those life lessons, you know, through him and my other grandfather who had a similar yeah. path. Um, right. He went to college for a little bit, but that wasn't his calling. Um, the ministry was his calling eventually. Um, mm-hmm. But he married an educator, mm-hmm. so, you know. Um, and then circling yeah, back to see, yeah. my parents, they eventually, they graduated from uh, Florida A&M. Um, they graduated at the same time. And then they got married. And that was hilarious. They got oh, married nice. uh, in 1986. So shortly after college. And then, so I oh, okay. was born Venetia Lockett because that is my mother's maiden name. And teenage okay. parents, y'all know how that goes, right? Oh, okay. Sometimes okay. daddy is there to sign. Sometimes he's mm-hmm. not. We're not judging. Um, yeah, right. And right, this yeah. particular instance, he yeah. wasn't. So I went through life, the first eight years of my life, um, as VL uh, Venetia Lockett. And then eventually, before they got married, um, okay, I had an amended, you know, birth certificate. My dad signed, and then my name uh, was changed to Lockett yeah. Brown. No, oh, okay. Didn't, wow. The judge didn't wow. drop it. Uh, he just okay. added to it. So that's why I go by yeah. Gail Brown. That's the added on to what it. you see okay. on Facebook, right? Um, nice, nice. So yeah, they got married. I lived that's with them for yep. a little yep. while, and then eventually I came back home because my parents were young parents, and I just felt like I felt more at home at grandparents' house. And it wasn't about being spoiled or it wasn't about mm-hmm. any of that, the typical, you know, going to yeah. grandparents' house. It's the structure. Like, I'm a very structured person, and my mm-hmm. grandparents had a little bit of time to yeah. figure it out. My parents were figuring it out. Like, they had been mm-hmm. right. dating off and right, on since right. they were 14, but now they were living in the same yep. house and married. And I felt like they needed to get to know each other a little bit mm-hmm. better. So Adjusting, I was back yeah. and forth back and forth right Um, right i hear you okay and so you know that was you know the beginning um i eventually graduated from glay central community high school i graduated number two in my class i then attended florida a&m university um majoring in health education uh, with the specialization in exercise science didn't quite know what i wanted to do with that degree uh, okay. I just knew that I liked it. Um, I was accepted into our Master of yeah. Public Health program at FAMU. Um, got a scholarship. Right. Did awesome. my two years. Um, earned a Master of Public Health in Epidemiology, which is the study of the determinants and the distributions wow. of disease and how it affects human populations. So wow. did that and then didn't quite know what I wanted I to see. do. Well, thanks for that. explaining that because, yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. Some people ask me, yeah. oh, is that the skin? And I'm like, nope, <laughs> not yet. Uh, but think more of epidemics. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I did okay. that and then didn't quite know what I wanted to do with my life. You know, because I was just out here, I was making a little money. Thought I was making big money, but it was little money. I was working like three jobs. I worked at TJ Maxx mm-hmm. throughout college, um, undergrad, grad, and then on the side. Because I don't even know if it was about making money or making money in there that I could spend in store. Um, I just really loved the job and the people and the engagement. Uh, yeah, right. So kind of kept that up, but didn't quite know. And my mentor stayed on me in his name is Dr. Brown. And he stayed, he's like, Brown, you need to go back to school. Why? I'm balling out oh, here, wow. you know. I got a three-bedroom townhouse. We were paying like yeah. $9.90 a month, split three ways, right? So we just, you know, we were living, right? Yeah, ooh, nice. In a college town. Uh, yeah. It's a college yeah. town, though, right? So yeah. living in this college town, uh, had yeah. a significant other. I was going to visit him. So I could do everything I wanted to do but I mean, I wasn't really making money. It was just, I didn't have to spend mm-hmm. that much because it didn't cost that much to live there. Anyway, um, he's like, you need yeah, to be in right. school. I was like, ah, right. just give me a while. He's like, so what are you going to be doing anyway? What are you going to be doing? I said, it's going to take five years. It's going to take five years of my life. Yeah. He was like, well, five years are going to go by anyway. Are you married? No. <laughs> you got kids? No. So what's up? I was like, man, later. Right. So I worked for the institution for two years. The, the <laughs> program that I graduated mm-hmm. from, the Institute of Public Health, I uh, worked there for two years. Um, 
as a research assistant and research coordinator on uh, several projects. And, you know, after about a year and a half, I sat there and I was like, you know what? I am doing all of the work and getting this much of the credit. Something has to shake. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was like, at that moment, I, you know, I got yeah, myself right. and I was like, I'm going to apply to graduate school. I knew that I was gifted enough. I knew that I had you know, the skills necessary. I don't think that I was mature enough at that mm -hmm. moment to be in someone's doctoral program. I honestly, I just didn't feel like it either. Gotcha. Like I went to, I went five years of undergrad because it took me a little longer because I had to pay for it um, in the beginning until I got a scholarship, right. long story. Um, and then I went like, I graduated August 4th of 2000 and then I was back in school like August 14th, <laughs> uh, 2000, right? So I never had a break. Wow. I was honestly just tired. I didn't want to learn anything yeah. else. I, I wanted, you know, I loved my job. So I was mm -hmm. working out getting, you know, acquiring knowledge, you know, from a professional standpoint um, and applying all, all the things that I had learned along the way. Right. I just, I was like, I don't want to go back right now. I don't feel like it that's really that was my attitude but then I right, got a reality right. check because sometimes okay. you know we tell students you know because sometimes college isn't for everybody graduate school isn't for everybody uh doctoral programs they're not for everybody but sometimes just having that paper yeah that piece of paper that that degree one two and three right. is a foot in the door and so I, yep. at that point, right, right. I was making, you know, big money, right? But I had to have three jobs to supplement the life yep. that I wanted to live at that moment. And yeah. then I was doing a lot of the work, getting this much credit, and all the PhDs were like, oh, you know, mm -hmm. their names are like this. My name is like this. Like 14-point font. Eight yeah. point font, right? Right. And yeah, I was like, yeah. you know, I want better because mm -hmm. I, I felt right. like I was a star in my own right, right? <laughs> so yep. I got to do something different. So what did I do? Right, right. Boom. I applied to graduate school. Uh, I got into, I got accepted into two of the four schools that I applied to because applications are expensive. Yeah. Application fees are not cheap even then. Um, and I earned a mm -hmm. full scholarship to the University of Pittsburgh. The University of Pittsburgh's Graduate School of Public Health, where wow. I earned a PhD yeah. in chronic, well, epidemiology, specifically yeah. focusing on chronic disease mm -hmm. epidemiology. So, you know, I got yeah. there and it was, it yeah. was wow. somewhat of a culture shock because um, I grew up in South Florida. I went to school in mm -hmm. North Florida. I have been at an HBCU. Yeah, right all mm -hmm. my life because think about it my parents yeah. went to right. FAMU when I was a kid so I spent time there um, mm -hmm. and that's all I you know that's what I right. do but I had a mom who was an educator who was big on exposure and so although I am I was born and yeah. raised tried and true from a small agricultural city I never mm -hmm. felt like I was from a small agricultural yep. city my mom I would be at engineering camp knowing nice. darn well wow. that I did not want to be an engineer, but I got yeah, that exposure, right? right? Uh, I'd be, <laughs> you know, at different colleges, yep, right. and institutions yep. across the country. Uh, when I was 16, I think, I, nice. um, yeah. I wow. earned an internship um, through NASA, the NASA Sharp Plus program, uh, which was a program that highlighted diverse learners from across the country and they put us together for this like i don't know like immersive experience into um healthcare occupations well really yeah. stem stem we weren't calling it stem back then but uh mm -hmm. if you push forward to yeah okay current time it was stem so um all of us were either interested in one of the sciences uh, mathematics, engineering, um, right. all of those, all of the above, right? Healthcare professions. So they put us all together 
And my group, my cohort, that we were sent all across the country, but my cohort, we were all sent to uh, San Francisco State University. So if you can imagine me, small city girl, first flight ever was from West Palm Beach, Florida to San Francisco, Mm, um, where I did an internship for about four months and exposure, right? And so my internship was at the city and county of San Francisco's Department of Parking and Traffic. And what I find out later on is that the research that we were doing Wow. Uh, was a precursor to the lights, the uh, cameras. <laughs> what do you call them? The traffic cameras that really are what? everywhere. Yeah. So we would go okay. out yeah. every day. My yep. partner and I would go out and we would monitor um, heavily trafficked intersections. And so those bumps that you feel on the road sometimes are actually yeah. connected to our cars, yep. our computers. That are in our cars, and we did all the research, did all the numbers, oh, did, see, yeah, collected, collected all of that data. Mm-hmm. Um, that would eventually be the data that was used to create these traffic cams. I don't know if that's great, you know, some people are like, boo, wow. <laughs> but I was thinking, yeah, <laughs> I'm saying all of this to say right. if it wasn't mm-hmm. for, I come from a family yeah. of educators. Um, my mom was an educator, my father, my grandfather, um, my other grandmother, my dad's biological mom. And so for me, even coming from, again, coming from this small agricultural city, you know, where they only know you if you play sports, mm-hmm. right? Because we've had, you know, NFL players left and right come through here, um, collegiate athletes, right, yeah. um, and sometimes academic you know, the light isn't shine so much, but I'm a living witness that yeah, right. it's much more to Muck City than yep. playing sports. And I'm not knocking it because that's great, right? Because the sports might help right. you feed your family, right. but, you know, me teaching is helping yep. me feed my family, right? So no shade. Um, right. A lot yep. of them are exactly. my friends, right. so I don't want that to be misconstrued, right? Yeah. But anyway... um. You know, of course. Yep. Yep. this young lady from this, this small town, you know, was able to go to California, go to San Francisco at 16 and, you know, go toe to toe with students who were the cream of the crop at their respective high schools. And we had, you know, people right. from who were Yupik Eskimos, yep. who were uh, Native Americans who came from reservation. Um, it was oh, a very yeah. diverse group. Um, yep. Some, uh, right, what right. was it? Uh, African, Native African students who were living mm-hmm. in the United States. So very diverse, very smart, uh, very intelligent group of people. And I'm saying all that to say, you know, sometimes we get imposter syndrome, like we don't feel like we belong, but they put us together not only yeah. because to mm-hmm. shed light on our uh, our academic endeavors, but to actually expose us to different things, right? That some yeah. of us may have yep. never experienced if we didn't take that leap and leave our folks for four months. Um, but again, yeah, my parents right. were big believers in exposure to to everything, right? And the fact that you're not defined by the place of your birth, right? That you can be anything that you want to be. Yeah, exactly. Um, right. You don't have to make excuses or anything. Just do it. You know, if you work hard, you know, I tell my my students, yep. you know, every everything that you do, right, good or bad, you know, there's a consequence, right? Mm-hmm. When we do good things, think good things should happen. And right. if we like showing our, you know, behinds, right. then that might have a bad consequence, right? Even my little nephew. So... Just that encouragement from them, I think, really prepared me for what was to come next at the University of Pittsburgh. Again, small city, college yeah. town, then boom, I'm in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. What? Right. Okay, here we go. In Pittsburgh, yeah, right. you're either yep, two exactly. things. You're white or you're black. That's it. <laughs> like mm-hmm. ethnicity, yeah. all of that. Right. You didn't really find that. You're either white or you're black. Yeah. And really the black middle wow, class yeah. 
Right. It was really comprised of mm-hmm. the grad graduate students because there are a lot of universities in Pittsburgh, and so we would all hang out. But like you know, yeah, a lot of people in Pittsburgh since the steel industry left, you know, had careers, and I mean had jobs and not mm-hmm. necessarily careers. So this was like really different, right? It was really different being in this setting, and I was here for right. five years, um, but. In true V Brown fashion, I created a network, and that network we're still close now. Like we call ourselves the Pit Crew because nice. not only were we like classmates, yeah, okay. but we became friends and then family. Mm-hmm. You know, so we nice. saw some of us saw each other at a wow. conference. We got to take a picture. You know, we stay in contact. Thank God for Facebook for that reason, right. because some things we might not know. Yeah, but when right. I got to Pit. Sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. you're feeling like I don't belong here because one, I'm black. I'm at this right. PWI, predominantly white institution. I am majoring right. in epidemiology. Yeah. What in the world is that? And I am one right. of about four yeah. black students. Was it four of us? In the program mm, okay. at that time. And so if I wow. had not had um, yeah. um that strong village that strong network you know supporting me from afar and just the things yep. that were instilled in me early then i don't think that i would be successful because some people say hey was phd hard I agree. Um, the classes were hard but i felt like i was adequately prepared i felt like mm-hmm. Lord A&M, gave me the foundation right right that when i got to university of pittsburgh i was okay you know, it was new. It's it's a doctoral program. It's not meant to be nice. easy, but I felt like I was prepared to take on this challenge. Um, but then you gotta you gotta right. dig here because it's not easy, and it's not even about the academic stuff. It's about the subtle racism that you experience, right? right? You know, black mm-hmm. girl, yep, PWI, epidemiology. You're not supposed to right, be here, right. you know, but taking right. that on and saying, yes, I yep, am, yep. <laughs> um, you know, having professors tell you yeah, that, exactly. oh, you're a horrible writer. Your writing is so unfocused. Oh, you're the worst. And you're like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. and, you know, letting that yep. resonate for a little while. Right. Until you think about it. Am I, though? Mm-hmm. Am I that? Or is it you? Right. And yeah, maybe, you. you know, and, and learning yeah, those self-advocacy exactly. skills, like maybe you're, we're not a good match. So maybe I need a new advisor who's going to pour right. into me and actually be an advisor and not a foe. Yep. So, but learning those lessons. So going to the doctoral program, it wasn't necessarily about, you know, going to class and dealing with that. It was about growing up. And becoming mm-hmm. like really an adult yeah, right. in a strange world and being able yep. to successfully advocate for myself and the things that I needed um, yep. to successfully navigate this new academic pursuit. That's what I would say. And, you know, I'm thankful to my parents, mm-hmm. my grandparents, all wow. of them, because I quit school, wow. Mr. Billy Wayne, like three or four times in my head. <laughs> and I can remember yeah. my mom saying, oh, wow, oh, yeah. All right, go ahead and quit. You can quit. You can always come home. Home is always going to be here, and mm, home is okay. always available. But let me ask you this, V. Brown. That's what you would say. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Will you have any regrets? You could walk away right now. Be good. Mm. Okay? Come home. Oop, right. Love you. All right. But will you have any regrets? Mm. And if you think that you might have a regret, maybe quitting school isn't a viable option. And I was like, oh, mm. you know what? She got a right. point. I don't know. But I'm going to quit school for this weekend, <laughs> right? Right. I'm going to come home for about a week. Not a week. Uh-huh. About a week. I'm going to quit. And then, you know, I'll see. Okay? That's how it's going. And so eventually, like, you know, I went yep. back. <laughs> I went back, uh, finished up yeah, in right, 2010, right. and uh, came home. Again, with my grandparents, didn't have a job, didn't have money, was just out here applying for jobs at the time. And Mm -hmm. as you know, right, as it happened, I ended up getting my first job that I did not want 
because I thought to be a professor meant you had to be old. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> getting my first job at yeah. Mary Medical okay. College, where I am still, I am still there today. I left for about two wow. years, eight months, but wow. in total, I've been there about thirteen okay. years. Got my first job as an assistant professor teaching awesome. epidemiology awesome. and data management courses, and you know. It's just, as the kids wow. say, it's been up from there, right? Um, I did take a two-year hiatus where mm-hmm. I was the right. director of the McNair Scholars Program at FIU. Um, it was a blessing to be able to come back to Florida during that time because uh, that was right around COVID 2020. Mm-hmm. I came home and I ended up, I ended up yeah, applying okay. for that job that summer. Um, I started in October 2020, um, and unfortunately... You know, around that time, July, no, June of 2021, I ended up, my mom passed away um, yeah. from uh, colorectal cancer. Oh, wow. Colonoscopies okay. people, yeah, 45 I, and up. I remember um, that, yeah. She passed right. away. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, unfortunately, uh, my dad passed away eight months after my mom. So past two years yeah. uh, were very interesting. It's all a blur, right? But I'm thankful that I did have the opportunity to come back home to spend what a year and a half with my mom and two years with my dad. Um, and then, you know, reconnecting with my grandmother and my sister, her family, my other sister, my other grandma, first cousin. Mm -hmm. So really that's been my story. I um, came back to Meharry this fall. So I started back in August in Nashville, but, you know, I am able, my schedule is flexible enough that I can kind of go back and forth between Nashville and Belle Glade. And uh, really, that's just, that's my nice. story in a nutshell. You know, um, do a lot wow. of fun things. Yeah. I'm not just the no, that's, traditional professor that's, that's uh, wearing the little glasses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I, I think it's amazing. A lot of good stuff in there. And you, you said it right away off top, you know, you, you go through it and, it, and it's kind of natural to you. It, it, the progression for yourself is natural. Um, so you don't see it as that, you know, that that success story, you know. But to others, it's like some people want to quit and then they never go back and, and continue to do what, what they were doing before. But others, you know, like yourself, just takes a little break a little reflection and then you really decide on is that the path that you really want to take and you pursue it and you continue to do it as well and and it's that it's that mindset that separates people from being able to get through the things that 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 they're going through or get to a point or accomplish the goals that they want to accomplish versus people that always say what if you know and i think that's that's really the biggest gap um and you explained it before as well it's just having that that extra that extra energy or extra motivation just to push through it because that's really what where it is is just motivate yourself and and figure out what you want to do and get through it so i think it's really good really good uh story you know to for others to hear big time so uh thank you that's somewhere i'm trying to strive to be as well you know i I finished that my on my bachelor's degree and um you know, at this point, I, I feel like I don't have the time, but eventually I'll, I'll get back around to it as well. But I, I think it is, it's really that factor on finding that time and just motivation to push through it. So, but um, another thing I want to touch base on is when you're talking about your grandfather, uh, reminded me of my pops, you know, um, he, he was the same way after I graduated <laughs> high school, it was work or go to school. But it wasn't just work or go to school. It was like, okay, now I'm going to school and I'm working. Okay, well, well, what else are you doing? Okay, well, let me try to get another job then. You know, okay, well, cool. You know, you got two jobs and you're working. What else are you doing? So it's always, you know, don't settle where you're at. You know, just keep pushing yourself um, further and further. And that really got me from working two jobs that uh, working, what, 80 hours a week? working two jobs to just working one job that gives me equal amount of pay for just 40 hours a week, you know, just trying to elevate myself to that, that next level, you know? So I think that's where I got my motivation from, but it reminds me of of what you're saying about your, your grandfather too. So, uh, but yeah, that was important. Big time, big time. My mom and my mom was the same Um, way though. So 
Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. No, no, you're good. You're good. I, my mom, her, her, one thing that she would say, especially to my younger cousins coming up, because I'm the oldest child and I'm the oldest grandchild. So a lot of pressure there, right? Um, the next person after me is actually like 12 yeah. years younger. And then my sister, who's about a month younger than her. So I had a lot of time with them on my own, a lot of one-on-one mm. time. But my mom, her number one question to any young person, she's like, oh, I guess you eating steaks and potatoes, huh? Because you don't seem hungry enough. <laughs> mm. And you can take that exactly. Wow. You know what I mean? It was a metaphor. I like that. And she was like, because it looks like you're not eating ramen noodles. Yep. It's like you eating filet mignon. Because if you ain't hungry, mm-hmm. then, you know, then what's <laughs> up? Right? And so she would always tell me that, like, stay hungry. Yep. You got it. Right. Stay hungry. Right. Which told me, you know, never be complacent. Right. You know, you could have a good job today and not have that same good job tomorrow. But if you consistent, if you're consistent in everything that True. you do and you continuously work hard, you know what I mean? All of that, it pays off in the long run. So she would like she would tell me like I could right. ace an interview like I could just like, ooh, I got it. You know, it's my job, you know. And then she would hit yeah. me with, but can you take right. a note? Can you take a note? And I'm like, what do you mean? Can I take mm. a note? What if they tell you no? Does the world end or do you right. keep? Do you keep pressing? And I'd say, you know what? I can take a no. Because if it's not for me, then all right. But guess what? You know what? I I prepared for this job. I've done everything. Like I've done above and beyond. Right? So honestly, I feel like it's my job to lose. And they're going to regret not hiring me. Mm. (laughs) Not the other way around. I said, but if if it's not meant for me to have, then I won't. But again, I think it's my job. I think it's, you know, it's my job to lose. So, you know, yeah, take a no, but I don't think I'm going to get a no. And I said, I have to think like that every time I'm in that situation, this is my job to lose. You know, I'm going in a winner. Right. And she was like, oh, okay. I like that. I like that. Stay hungry. So it's just funny, you know, we hear these things that our parents said to us and how they are ingrained yep <laughs> forever so yep, yep. yeah just thought I'd exactly yeah yeah exactly no that no that's that's what's up and it, and it and that's true because if you remember um i was applying for another job and i needed help with my my interview and you volunteered to help me out I did. and we were going through the interview and i was doing the presentation and you gave me a lot of pointers and um you know, I was very excited. I was ready to go. I had my heart pumped up and confident. I felt like I was um, as ready as, I, as I'll ever be. Right. And I went through and I and I got through three of the levels of interviews um, and I went on vacation. I went on vacation. I was like, got it. No matter what, they're going to give me a call within a few days. I'm going to have this new job. When I get back from vacation, I'm going to, uh, you know, start something fresh and new. Midway through my vacation, I got the call and they said, you know, well, you did good and everything, but you didn't get the job. And I wasn't ready for that. I wasn't ready for that. No, you know, I was like, oh, man, I was. uh, It kind of deflated my whole my whole ego for a couple of days. I was I was uh, upset, you know, because I did feel like like I did have the, the experience and everything um they didn't really give me the the feedback that i was looking for but i did feel like they they missed out on on the opportunity to have somebody that that would be beneficial to their business so um it took a few days for me to reflect i was still on vacation with the kids we came back and i had to regroup myself because i was checked out of that job i was at already but um i managed to to kind of refuel myself and then get a new goal new perspective and then that's kind of where i grew to accomplish the things that i'm doing right now you know so even though I wasn't ready to hear that no, it kind of helped me understand, you know, where I really wanted to be, be at anyway. So, um, but that's funny that you say that about, are you ready to hear, you know, uh, what if they say no, because you do go in with confidence and you have to go in com- with confidence. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that feedback is, is, it's a whole nother thing, especially if you feel you got it. So, so yeah, it's, it's, um, uh, it was, um, 
definitely important lesson. Something that you always continuously learn through life. So, so from here, mm-hmm. what we usually do, I ask um, if there's anything that you can go back and tell your younger self. It can be at any time, any time in your life. If, there, if there's anything that you feel that you could have said to your to the younger self that would have you know, probably change your perspective a little bit sooner or, um, you know, gave you that, that, those choice of words uh, that you needed at that time, what would that be? I would say to my younger self, three things. First thing, listen to your parents and your grandparents. You know, there's some nuggets that they drop. Yeah. That really, when you're young, Mm -hmm. you're like, that's just old people talk, right? It has no merit. And then you become yeah, that older person, right. that wiser person. And you're like, you know what? God dang it. It right. makes sense. That's what she meant by that. That's why she said stay hungry. Because who knew? Mm-hmm. You know, when I got a little comfortable, then right. some things started happening. And I had to stay hungry. I had to leave that job at Meharry. Because there was a point where yep. it was like, ooh, it was toxic. So I had to go. Excuse me. I had to go. But I stayed hungry. Mm-hmm. And I never went without. One job, next job. Let's go. So listen nice. to your parents. There's, sometimes we don't agree with them. Nice. But there's some knowledge there. There's some knowledge to be gained. And you might not see it when you're young. But later on, it starts to make sense. Because you're like, now I'm them. Now I can see what they're saying, what they said to me. Now it makes sense. So that's yep. number one. Um, number two. Right. <laughs> always believe in yourself. Always believe in yourself. If you know, if you may not be getting that support right. from this side, that side, family, friends, one second, family, friends, uh, yep. whomever. Believe in yourself. Because if you believe in yourself, I feel like there's nothing you can't do. There's nothing you can't accomplish if you believe in yourself (laughs) and by believing in yourself i'm saying have that confidence have that self-confidence that hey it's my job to lose you know be confident in everything that you do and the third thing (laughs) that i would tell myself is to always anything that you put your name on always stamp it with excellence always so listen to your parents Mm, especially when they're dropping those gems to always be confident you know believe in yourself and have that self-confidence that i can do anything i can do all things right uh that's a song my little nephew used to sing right so like a spiritual song like a gospel song for kids how many things can you do all things right that's number two okay Yep. And then number three, That's what's right? Yep. Always, always, anything that has your name on it, you know, always stamp it with excellence. And those three things, if I had, you yep. know, I had those yep. things, but I couldn't quite articulate those things as a a young person. But 46-year-old me, yep. if, if now, you know, I can use all these million-dollar words, right, I would tell... You know, little V Brown, hey, mm-hmm, right. Number one, number two, number three. So, those are the things. Right. That's the advice that I would give myself so, at five years old. Nice, nice. Uh, thanks for sharing that. Those are no very important. I might have to write those down for myself, you know. <laughs> um, so, no, it's, it's definitely good to hear your story. Um, very well, well um structured you know and 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 i can definitely see um you know how a lot of of your surroundings like you said it takes a village uh has helped you you know uh just continue on the path that you're going on and i can tell that you're not done you know that you're continuing to uh look for uh, avenues you know to accomplish a lot of things for the community so definitely hats off to you for sure Thank um, you. Is there anything, uh, any last thoughts that you wanted to share with the audience at all? Um, not really. We shared quite a bit. Quite, I know quite a we bit. did. We did. Um, I think I covered it all. 
again, for the young people listening, yeah. um, regardless of your situation, uh, your situation mm-hmm. doesn't define who you are and it doesn't define your destiny. Again, like I said, you can do anything you want to do if you believe in yourself um, and you just, you know, you have that gumption to say, hey, this is what I want to do. Because I feel like this. I feel like there's nothing that I can't accomplish. Like, I'm not a plumber, but like, I've taught myself how right, to fix yep. my grandmother's sink. So, believe in yourself. Um, yeah. And don't be afraid. Yep. Don't be afraid to accept constructive feedback because there are people who've been there before that can right. help you. Like, for me, I feel like I'm smart, but I think what makes me smart is that I'm not afraid to mm-hmm. utilize my resources and to tap into people who might be smarter than me. I'm okay with that. Go. Hey, how can you help me? How can we help each other? Right. right? So, yeah, yep. that's what I would leave you all with. Just believe in yourself, have that confidence, and be excellent. You know, I'm a, I'm a professor all day long, and I have sometimes go. students that give me stuff that right. is not quite excellent, and some that are that, that do. Yep. And I have to fuss a little bit. Hey, do you think this is excellent? Mm, maybe yeah. not. Okay, let's do it again. So, right. Be excellent. Be confident. Know that you can do it. Never give up. That's what's up? That's what's up. And I appreciate that. You guys heard that. Be excellent. Don't give up. Uh, a lot of strong words there for sure. And I just want to you know, once again appreciate you know and, and say thank you for coming on the show and sharing all that with us because I think that everything that that you talked about today is exactly what we're looking for and exactly what we're trying to accomplish with this, um, you know, with this series. So uh, once again, I do appreciate that. And to the audience, if you guys like what you heard, go ahead and leave us a comment. Uh, reach out to us. Ask any follow up questions you like like and subscribe on youtube spotify or any of your favorite podcast streaming services uh once again this is your boy billy wayne with legacy united and dr venetia lockett brown signing out for the day thank you guys have a good one